0: Yes, hello. It's Jason Louvre. This is the Ultra Culture Podcast, and it's Thanksgiving today, at least when I'm recording this. So happy Thanksgiving now and forever. Okay, uh, I've got a lot of updates for you today. Uh, first and foremost, uh, this is going to be a great show. This show actually is called and put together from our last office hour session. So for those who don't know, subscribers to magic.me uh, get kind of bi-weekly sessions where I answer Q&As and they often go in really uh, totally unexpected directions because they're open forums where people can kind of ask anything as it relates to their personal spiritual practice uh, and, or, or anything really. Uh, but primarily we keep it focused on magic. Uh, the last office hours, which was actually last weekend, so I think like four or five days ago, uh, was, was pretty interesting. I mean, I kind of opened it up by talking about my thoughts about the current world situation and COVID and the Great Reset and all of that exciting stuff that is facing us in this year of our Lord 2020. Um, so I figured that I, I kind of impromptu just ranted out a podcast and I figured I might as well just release it as a podcast. So I combined that with also one of the questions from The Office Hours, Um, which was about spiritual practice, which I think uh, was a really, really fruitful conversation between me and a student, and I felt that it should be released uh, more properly. So uh, this is going to be a great podcast if you're interested in what's going on in the world and my, you know, at least my conjecture about it, uh, as well as something that I think is, you know, really core to spiritual practice. The question is about finding one's true will and how one differentiates it from uh, noise. And I think it was a really productive session, and you're really going to get a lot out of it. So I'm very happy with this one, and hopefully uh, it will keep you company on a maybe a Thanksgiving drive. Or if you are uh, staying at home by yourself, unfortunately, uh, for a socially distanced Zoom Thanksgiving, um, then hopefully you can listen to this and it will help cheer you up. Okay, on that note, actually on that exact same note, uh, I'm trying an experiment Uh, this Friday. We're doing the first ever 2020 Magic.me World Summit. So this is going to be a live conference. It's going to be on Zoom. It is this Friday, November 27th at 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time and we're going to let this one go probably for you know several hours it's it's going to go for much of the day um, i'm not going to commit to a, an, an exact end time because we're just going to we're going to see how many people show up uh, and we're going to see how it goes but the idea with this is that it's going to be an open forum it's not going to be like office hours where people are asking me questions this is just kind of hanging out so i'm i'm telling people it's going to be a, a you know, a summit of sharing, storytelling, camaraderie, building a new vision for the future. Really what I want this to be is just kind of a group check-in, right, for my students. So this is not going to be me talking at you. This is not going to be me presenting. It's not going to, you know, be me on a soapbox. The purpose of this World Summit is for my students to call in and uh, kind of Check in with all of the other magic.me students to tell us where you're at um, and uh, It's kind of like uh, you'll be talking and I'll be listening. I want to give everyone the floor and give everyone a chance to kind of um, describe the world from where you're sitting in your angle because it's really occurred to me recently particularly in office hours that I'm learning so much from students about what's happening uh, in the world, just from them sharing their experience, I've you know been talking to students in in Melbourne, students uh, all over you know Europe, the U.S., and I feel like it would be very fruitful for us all to just kind of come together and have a group check-in to you know figure out together what's going on and and also to discuss the role that magic can play in. 2021 and beyond because things have changed so much so this one is all about putting the spotlight on the students it's all about letting you have the floor and you talk and 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 you updating all of us on where you think the ship should be going So this is gonna be really fun. I hope it will be cathartic. I hope it will be funny at times. And it's essentially just gonna be a, well, let me make it more simple. It's gonna be a big group hangout session for all the magic.me students. Okay, so I actually reserved a webpage where you can find all the details for that. It's going to be magicmeet.com, so not magic.me, but the website is M-A-G-I-C-K-M-E-E-T.com. So that's magic with a K, M-A-G-I-C-K-M-E-E-T.com, magicmeet.com. And you can find all the details about the 2020 Magic.me World Summit there, and you can sign up. So it is, of course, free for all Magic.me students. That doesn't just mean subscribers. That means if you are currently taking or have ever taken a Magic.me class, uh, you are welcome to join the Zoom call. I think I'm also going to be simulcasting to um, maybe some other uh, some other platforms, YouTube Live or something like that, Instagram Live. But we want to make it, um, you know, essentially participants are limited to Magic.me students, so it's not just kind of like out there in the wilderness of social media. Um, so yeah. It's going to be really fun, and I'm really looking forward to that. So again, it's the 2020 Magic.me World Summit, and it is this Friday, November 27th, 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, and it will be going for many hours. We will see uh, how long we all last, and that will be on Zoom. Uh, It is possible we may go more than one day, but I'm going to play it by ear, so keep your eyes on magicmeet.com for the details. All right. So, oh, and finally, one last thing, because it's almost, it's almost Black Friday. Uh, So I'm going to go ahead and let you in on my Black Friday deal now. So if you're listening to this Thursday, you're getting it a day ahead of time before everyone else. So um, as you know, I always do Black Friday deals. Uh, For the first time this year, I am bundling together all of my Mega courses. That means the Adept Initiative, The Alchemy of Chaos, and the Fortuna working. Those are the three cornerstone trainings of all of Magic.me. They are the most sophisticated and advanced magical training system currently available to the public, as far as I am aware. And they are designed to give you everything you need to master magic, meditation, begin the path of discovering your true will, and all of the economic And, uh, you know, real world information you need to live a fulfilling and successful career and life, even in the post-2020 world. These courses are simply phenomenal. And I base that not on my um, my own feelings, but on the testimonials that students send me all the time about the phenomenal life successes that they've had after taking these courses. You can read some of those testimonials for yourself on the pages themselves. So uh, if you've listened to this podcast before, you probably heard me talk a lot about these classes. If you go to the magic.me page, that's M-A-G-I-C-K dot M-E, you can find the new bundle. It is called the Complete Magic.me Intensives and includes the Alchemy of Chaos, the Adapt Initiative, and the Fortuna working for actually significantly less than it would cost if you bought those individually. So the bundle itself is already Uh, offering significant savings on those three courses. But for Black Friday, I'm offering 30% off the bundle. So uh, it is a a tremendous, tremendous savings. Okay, so um, that will be available for Black Friday. But if you are hearing this podcast, you can jump on it now. And that deal will be gone after the Black Friday sale. So grab it now while you still can before it's gone forever. This is the best deal I will be having this year or for quite some time to come. All right. So it's, again, it is the complete magic.me intensives. It is on the site and, oh, before I forget, the code that you can use at checkout for 30% off is BF2020. One word, BF2020. You should see that on the site as well. And if you don't, that means the sale is already over. So grab it while you can. Okay, without further ado, I hope you have a great Thanksgiving and weekend. And here is the show. All right, hang in there, everybody. A new year and a new reality is coming. So let's make sure it's a great one. All right, lots of love. Hang in there. I am um, very concerned about this winter. I think that, um, well, what can I say? I think the best way to summarize it is the bill is about to come due for 2020. So yeah, uh, it's obviously very cliche by now. Like, oh my God, 2020, worst year ever. But essentially, we've been delaying we've been we've been on credit so for instance i live in los angeles at the moment hopefully not much longer it is going broke it is literally out of its uh, cash reserves uh, for the whole city uh, budget surplus so they're gonna have to cut all these city services including sanitation police firefighters all kinds of crazy stuff like that we just passed all these totally batshit crazy bills in california Um, that put citizens at massive uh, uh, risk, in my opinion. Uh, That's happening all over the country. Uh, They also just threw out the DA. It's literally like living in a Batman movie. It's like literally how the Dark Knight starts is how LA feels. And I'm guessing probably a lot of the country also, particularly New York, San Francisco. If you're in a small town or if you're outside of the U.S., that may or may not be the case. Some places outside of the U.S. are even crazier. So, um, in terms of my students and going forward, um, obviously we don't know what's going to happen in the world, but I suspect we're about to see, for instance, in California this week, we are now going in back into lockdown. Uh, businesses are lots more businesses are being shut down. Uh, they are making a mandatory curfew for restaurants and, uh, uh, other what they deem non-essential businesses from 10 and 10 p.m. to 6 a.m. They are limiting uh, gathering sizes. Uh, gatherings are now limited to 15 people max, with from only three or more households, six feet apart. Uh, singing is outlawed in California now in family gatherings. Of course, there's no way they're going to be able to enforce all this stuff, and I don't think that the people who would be in charge of enforcing it are down with enforcing it in general. Our governor is a lunatic. Gavin Newsom, he's just been photographed at a, at a dinner party uh, having dinner with a bunch of lobbyists, including the heads of the California Medical Association, and none of them are wearing masks. They're just at a super rich dinner party. Uh, the same thing happened with Nancy Pelosi in our state where she was on, on video getting at a, at a hair salon, getting her hair done, not wearing a mask. So our, our fearless leaders are not following the same rules that they're giving us. I'm guessing that wherever you are, it's probably similar. Um, New York, a stat just came out in New York this month, 88% of restaurants are unable to pay their rent. For, we're just unable to pay their rent this month. Next month, it'll be 94% what I've heard projected. Next month, it will be 95%. And the month after that, it will be 100%. That is uh, liable to hit everywhere at once. And one thing that I'm extremely concerned about, and that I hope that there is Uh, a way to smooth over, is that in my understanding, and I haven't looked recently, so I may be wrong about this, but in my understanding, the eviction protections that were keeping people from being evicted for not paying rent from their homes expired December 31st, right around the time that uh, it's darkest, it's coldest, that period of the year, people are loneliest and at most risk for um, self-harm and suicide anyways, particularly if they're away from their families which they are now enforcing as well, uh, or suggesting at least, it's crazy. Um, So I'm a little concerned that when it comes to 2021, people may be out of a job, out of a place to live, isolated, alone, cold, and hungry. My great hope is that that is not the case, and that that will not be the case for any of you. Um, If you are in that condition, or you know people who are, my heart goes out to you, I don't exactly know what to say other than look after yourself and don't try to save other people because you don't have the resources to. What can I say? I mean, like we're, we're literally living in a a nightmare world right now. We are living in, uh, if you haven't um, uh, things to follow up on, if you haven't heard the phrase great reset yet, I highly recommend looking it up. It's a term used by, the world Economic Forum, and it was used in a speech by Justin Trudeau, uh, and uh, World Economic Forum catchphrases associated with the concept have been used by the Biden campaign. For instance, the phrase, build Back better, is a World Economic Forum slogan connected to the idea of the Great Reset, which quite simply is the idea that COVID provides an opportunity to have a global reset and reshape the world in a new form which for them essentially means I don't want to speak too much out of terms. I need to read more about it, but more or less means a, uh, largely a world controlled by the major tech conglomerates, even more than it is already with a a universal basic income for everyone. And and essentially, uh, state mandated, uh, uh, socialism with, uh, Um, with with a lot of the idea of personal property removed. You can read about this on World Economic Forum pages. Some of it the World Economic Forum claims is um, satire, but it reads more as trial balloons that they've floated. And now we have world leaders uh, outright, like Justin Trudeau, outright saying that they want to create a great reset. Socialism is a bit of a bugaboo, obviously, and people who say like, oh, socialism, it's so easy to say like, oh, well, they're, you know, right-wing loons, they're bright viewers, they're the Charlie Kirks of the world. But I want to point out that what what we're seeing being instituted is not uh, any type of socialism as we might have previously understood it. It's much more similar to the Chinese model, I think, where it's this bizarre merger of hyper-capitalism and socialism or to put it in a different way that it's essentially a society where the one percent if you want to use that term have won the world economic game and there's no chance in their mind for anyone else to catch up and largely by and large the rest of the population is deemed uh non-essential non-essential workers as they say or as the nazis used to put it Uh, useless eaters, right? This really truly is the view of many of the the wealthiest people on the planet. Um, The reality is technologically speaking that artificial intelligence, AI, robotics, just basic software automation um, is already in the process of obsoleting human workers and, and that we're entering a world in which it will obsolete the vast majority of the labor pool. And yes, that's for, I've said this before, but I'm going to say it again, and yes, that is for uh, what you call blue-collar workers. For instance, truck drivers will be the first to be replaced by automated trucks that Elon Musk has developed. But it also holds true for white-collar workers, including um, lawyers is a big one, even doctors, a lot of these you know, lawyers essentially are people who read and interpret code that can be done just probably better uh, by an AI. Uh, and uh, already, you know, they've had AI journalists writing sports journalism at least for many years. Some of the fear around AI is exaggerated because AI is not that, it's quite clunky, uh, but, and it is nothing like the movies. It is just a function that allows a lot of the, anyone who has a job that involves repetitive or mindless tasks, uh, manual labor, or for instance, spreadsheeting, moving numbers, or or categorizing things, or anything like that, is is very much in danger of being obsoleted by technology. And the big tech companies understand this, and it's just, it it is infinitely cheaper and easier uh, to, run one's company with automation and AI and even outsourced workers who are not held under, for instance, United States labor law than uh, to employ flesh and blood workers as we would understand it. So, um, you know, I was just in in, uh, Texas and I saw an automated coffee dispenser that does everything that there's just a wall kiosk that does everything a Starbucks does. You know, so this stuff is real. It's coming. If I was to put my conspiratorial hat on I would suspect that what may actually be happening right now. Now don't quote me on this. This is not, I'm not saying this is what happened. This is what's happening. So don't like say, oh, like I'm Alex Jones. I'm, what I'm saying is if I was to be paranoid and think what might actually be going on, this is what I would suspect. And it's just what I suspect. I'm not saying this is actually happening. The big tech companies have known for a long time now, a while at least five years, that the vast majority of the labor force worldwide will no longer be needed because of the advances in artificial intelligence which have been made possible by high- speed graphics cards. Because artificial intelligence is a technology that has actually been around since the 1950s. It was actually cre- uh, the fundamentals were laid out by Alan Turing shortly after creating the first computer. So it's nothing new. We just haven't had the processor speed to actually run it. Uh, That has been, um, that has been, uh, that problem has been taken care of by the high speed graphics cards by companies like NVIDIA, AMD, uh, and and others, the same graphics cards that are used for high end gaming, uh, cryptocurrency mining, and and so on and so forth. So, GPUs, um, the faster they get, the, the better AI gets. So, They've known this is coming for quite some time and that includes robotics, automation, all that. And because people in that position are not particularly creative, empathetic, or uh, uh, intelligent in a human sense, a human to human uh, sense, they haven't really known what to do about it. And the best answer they've been able to come up with is essentially paying people off with UBI. Now I'm sure in their hearts of hearts, they would just like to exterminate everybody that is no longer needed. And they would do so gladly, I think, uh, by pasting an ecological narrative right on top of it about how we're overpopulated and so on and so forth. Again, this is just speculation. I'm I'm not saying this is actually happening. But I'm pretty good at speculating. And if you want to go back and look, I I actually wrote all this down as things that were likely to happen back in 2010. If you look for an ebook that I put out called uh, The Apocalypse is Cancelled, I say all this stuff in there. I basically say everything that's happening right now with COVID. I said that in 2010 that it was coming. Uh, now we're seeing it. So um, I suspect that, the, you know, in their position, I think that what they are most terrified of is the kind of Frankenstein villagers with pitch, pitchforks scenario where everyone figures out. They've had their jobs taken by these major tech conglomerates, and show up at their offices with metaphorical um, uh, 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 torches and pitchforks and attack the companies, right? And and it's a massive PR and logistical nightmare for them because uh, it's very easy for them to sit in Silicon Valley and, and act like overlords, uh, like Dorsey or or anyone else. But much harder to deal with the reality. It is easy, it's easy to manipulate people like their numbers on a screen to be optimized. It's very hard to deal with human beings who are very angry on a one to one basis or a one to 100,000 ratio. So um, they're quite concerned. So I believe their insurance policy is universal basic income. I don't just believe that. That's just very clear. Andrew Yang was floating that idea in the primaries, Elon Musk is for it. All the big tech guys are for it. Jack Dorsey is for it. And I think the reason that they're for it is because they realize that essentially if they don't pay people off, they're going to come kill them. So um, before they can scuttle off to Mars on their private Elon Musk SpaceX uh, capsules or a bolt hole in New Zealand where all the Davos set will be. So um, this is... So again, if I were to put my... Paranoid head-on, easy for me to do. This is what I think might be happening. It's one potential scenario. Right now, we have the narrative that COVID is causing everyone to be locked inside. Um, and I'm not a COVID denialist. I'm not an anti-masker or any of this stuff. So so be calm. Um, but we have the pretext, COVID, for everyone needs to stop working, uh, shelter in place, be in their homes, and essentially be under house arrest, where all they can really do is use big tech products, watch Netflix, get things ordered by Amazon Prime, Postmates, and just kind of live in fear uh, while all of the small businesses go out of business and are essentially replaced by one guy, Jeff Bezos. So if I, so finally, I think that what, you know, one scenario might be is that what we're actually seeing is the transition to the AI economy. We may actually be seeing the transition to the AI automation economy where human beings, or or let me put it this way, where the vast majority of the human labor force is just no longer needed, but it's being done in such a way where the culprit to blame is COVID-19, not the big tech companies, right? Again, I'm not saying COVID isn't real. I'm not a mass denialist. I'm not a COVID denialist, anything like this. Uh, Because I know people who have worked on in healthcare, worked on the front lines. I know people who have, you know, actually multiple people who have talked about morgues with tons of, you know, COVID, uh, uh, you know, victims in them uh, and so on and so forth. Um, But I think that just like with 9-11, for instance, I'm not a 9-11 conspiracy theorist. I think that 9-11 conspiracy theories are dumb. Because if you want evidence of malfeasance of the government, it's all there in front of you in terms of of the weapons of mass destruction in Iraq. It's not about the event and whether it's real or not, it's about how it's used, right? And uh, a crisis is never, a good crisis should never go to waste, as somebody said. So I think that what we may be seeing now is the transition to the AI AI economy where everyone's out of a job, stuck in their house, essentially under house arrest as as a a slave-like state, Dependent on the tech companies and sooner rather than later dependent upon universal basic income, which, of course, will be subsidized by the major tech companies. and uh, But it's done in such a way that no one's to blame. You can't go to the house of COVID-19. It's like you can't go fight COVID. You can't sue COVID. But you can sure sue the big tech companies, but if the pretext for all of this is a is a disease rather than a planned transition to a new economy or a great reset as the world economic forum is putting it. Well then who's to blame? Oh, well, you're bl- you're blaming, you know, the Google boys, Jeff Bezos. Well, you're just a conspiracy theorist, right? <laughs> I'm from the nineties. I come from the time in which everyone was a conspiracy theorist and, and the time when people, uh, Engaged in conspiracy theories for fun and entertainment, and it was cool. Not the time where now, where anyone who questions the narrative is immediately lumped in with Alex Jones or Sandy Hook denialists or anyone else, and, and made socially ostracized. So that's that's what's been on my mind. It's worrying. It's, well, the AI thing has been on my mind for years now. Uh, you can I've consulted with Google on it. You can see that speech. Just Google. Well go on YouTube and search Jason with Google and you can find the speech that I gave with Google. Um, So so I've been paying attention to this for a while and I've seen things from a a little bit from the inside, not a lot. So uh, whether or not... So again, it's not about whether COVID is real or not. It's about how it's being used. And what can we take from this? Should we take from this that we should be afraid? No. Just keep your eyes open and think how you can stay afloat. Think how you can because the reality is this like whatever your hopes dreams visions for the future um self-image whatever that was prior to march of this year uh you're gonna need to update it let's put it that way because things aren't going back to normal you know and i'll just simply before sharing a few recommendations i'll just end on one note which is that um if i've learned anything about america and therefore America's effect on the world, if you're not in America uh, in my life, it's this it's that America thrives on crisis and fear, or the media does. There's always an enemy, there's always a crisis, there's always something to be afraid of, and it is always used as the pretext for the surrender of more social freedoms. Case in point 9 um, 11, well, we had to have the Patriot Act, everyone had to be spied on. Uh, library records could be pulled, all this uh, shoe bomber. All of a sudden there's TSA checkpoints and everyone has to be sexually molested every time they fly or irradiated by a cancer-causing x-ray, um, potentially, allegedly. And that never went away. Uh, what else? You know, We're on terror. NSA spying, the whole planet needs to be surveilled. Uh, what else? Oh my God, Donald Trump. Well, then we need to completely uh, surrender the media to the one single narrative of anything that is anti-Trump is good. Um, and we can never criticize the other side or look behind the curtain ever, and we need to surrender. And then, and then uh, oh my God, Trump, white supremacist, is it a problem? Yeah, uh, but oh, we need to surrender our free speech and censor everything that does not agree with um, what is anti-Trump. Okay, well, look, I'm not a Trump person, but anyone with two brain cells can say that uh, anyone with two brain cells can just look, simply look back and say that, you know, it's as, as David Icke used to put it in the late 90s, and yes, he did have some good things to say if you go back and read his books. You know, I like to take David Icke as kind of Jonathan Swift. If you read it as a Jonathan Swiftian satire, it's great. One of the things David Icke always pointed out, and it's not his original theory, is that the, the formula problem-reaction-solution... Memorize that. Problem, reaction, solution. That's the way to understand global politics. A problem is posed, right? Um, terrorism uh, in America. Okay, geez. Everyone is scared. React. Again, reaction. Everyone is scared as fuck. They're out of their minds. Okay, well, therefore, they're easy to control. That's the history of the world. Everyone's afraid and demands, uh, demands a solution. Well, lo and behold, well government shows up with a solution. The solution is to surrender your search and seizure rights. Your surrender, you're the solution is Patriot Act. The solution is TSA checkpoints, and everyone willingly goes along with it. And the narrative is always, it will only be for a small period of time until we get this under control. But it never goes away. Any student of American history will tell you that. Anyone who's been alive for more than a couple decades can tell you that, or one decade. And um, it's the same for any power that the federal government gets It never is given up, ever. Anytime any power is conceded to the federal government, it's never given up. And it doesn't matter who's in office. The whole Republican-Democrat thing is a fucking farce. It doesn't matter. It's just the government. As Malcolm X said, and I pointed out to my students, uh, watch the, the Ballot and the Bullet speech by Malcolm X from the 60s. He says, it's not the Republicans being racist. It's not the Democrats being racist. It's the government it's the government being racist or controlling you or taking your freedoms. But people are so hypnotized by this Punch and Judy show that they think that there's some type of opposition. There's no opposition. It's just the government um, centralizing power over people's lives, which is the history of the world. It's not conspiracy theory. It's the history of every fucking world uh, uh, empire and country in, in, in world history and America was lucky enough to be founded on the radical idea that we shouldn't do that, but we're losing that, and we have lost quite a bit of it already. Okay, so enough of a rant from me. Um, I want to recommend one thing, which is Glenn Greenwald. Look at what Glenn Greenwald is writing right now. Most of you probably remember Glenn Greenwald. He's the journalist that broke the Snowden story. He's a great hero of mine and a great journalist and a real fighter. Uh, He, of course, was tarred just like everyone else is, when he criticized the Democrats after Trump was elected is, oh my God, he's a Russian spy. He's helping Trump get elected. Uh, you know, He's criticizing the Democrats still in the Trump administration. You know, Trump's an existential threat and a fascist. We need to get him out of office. And therefore anyone who says any, anything else is a Russian spy and all this juvenile bullshit. Um, he's not, obviously, I've lost friends over saying that. Good, good friends have said, well, how could you like this guy? He's a Russian. It's like, okay. Enough said. Watch Glenn Greenwald's podcast on Joe Rogan that came out a few weeks ago and read his sub. He he founded a media outlet called The Intercept, which he um, has left because they were censoring him. Um, Brave guy. Um, And fuck The Intercept. So uh, he's now, he's now has, he's back to blogging for his own blog on Substack. So look up Glenn Greenwald's Substack blog. There's an article on that saying uh, Donald Trump was nowhere near as bad as um, George W. Bush. Uh, it's a great article. I tried to post it to Instagram. Uh, it'll, it'll get your mind right. Read what Glenn Greenwald, listen to what Glenn Greenwald has been saying recently. It'll get your mind right. All right. Uh, opinions shared by Jason are not the opinions of Magic.me in general and may it conflict with your own and uh, do not have anything to do with your own spiritual growth. So let's go get into audience questions all right carter go ahead
1: can you you hear me? yes i can there you go oh all right perfect sorry about that thank you
0: for bearing, thank you for bearing through that ram go ahead i just no, see actually, a black yeah, screen, I, I, screen i
1: enjoyed it very much don't worry at all uh, But I'm i just really want
0: people to know that like yes other people are paying attention and and don't buy into this so go ahead
1: okay uh but i'm currently on week uh five of your adept edition of course and i um just last night finished the one about the willpower course um kind of about actually cutting the bullshit and getting down to your actual uh true will and making the decision um don't like actually picking a door to go through and all that um and part of what you said in it was kind of in terms of what you are leaving for this world It it's, shouldn't just be something more of like just spreading or your love or um, something like that. And when I did the exercise you left um, for writing writing down the true will and kind of just letting whatever comes out come out, um, it was very similar to that. It wasn't quite that on just spreading love and being a loving person, um, but it, 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 was, it wasn't too far off from that. And I was just um, wondering, cause I, I haven't done too much work with my uh, true will. Um, honestly, this course was definitely my main introduction into magic. Um, but I was just wondering, uh, especially because you said some people had spent um, years and years, if not decades, um, focusing on that and kind of pushing off the final decision. So I was just wondering if you um, uh, would recommend me sticking with that or if you think I should have, um, investigate a little bit deeper if it's... Um, well, money. both. Okay. okay. <laughs> right. I mean, it's, So, so uh, first of all, be, like, beautiful,
0: right? I mean, it's like... Look, I mean... It, it, I can share this. It's like, I think that, you know, deep, deep down human beings by and large, just want, you know, this, you know, human beings by and large, just want to, to share love and, and receive love. Right. But mm-hmm. we're not, we're not complicated. Sure. <laughs> you know, it's like, but people have all kinds of, you know, people just all have all kinds of strategies for doing it. And that's what makes up this crazy world full of people. Um, And uh, it's, it's, and I I will say that is when people are most cut off from that, when they decide that they are not worthy of love for whatever reason, which is never true, um, or that um, that they live in a fundamentally unloving universe, Uh, people get weird and they get violent and twisted often. And uh, then they run for public office. Um, the, <laughs> right? Like, fucking explain Henry Kissinger to me. Like, wh- where'd that guy go wrong? But, um, <laughs> I, I mean, look, I mean, like, it, it, deep down, th- that kind of is, like, everyone's modus operandi, you know? It's it's not some massive 17-page business plan. I mean, like, we, we yeah. come, I think, that we come into this world to experience love you know it's like and, and in the cosmic sense it's like well why does the universe exist um there's so many creation stories where it's like god created the universe in order to understand itself uh and to uh, the essence of god is love right so right. in terms of the true will yeah i mean like well you know what's the phrase do what thou wilt shall be the hold of the law love is the law love under will right do what thou wilt shall be the whole of the law. Love is the law, love under will. Uh, love, 93, agape, right? So agape, which means love in Greek, and thelema, which means will in Greek, um, uh, enumerate to the same in the Greek Kabbalah. They both enumerate to 93, right? Which which is pointed out in, you know, that's the whole 93 current. Will and love are the same. So you okay. simply express beautifully what is, and, and most importantly you've discovered for yourself rather than read from a guru or dogma what what appears to be universally true right so um my, my answer to your question is yes right it's like this is a, a beautiful articulation and a, a tapping into a very true and deep core of yourself and and that's what this is about right it's like what is meditation about what is what is real psychotherapy about what is? What's, what's it all about? What is spirituality about? It's about being being able to drop in and touch your core, right? Being able to come from the core of your being uh, and, and approach life from your true core rather than a mask or a construction or an abstraction. And so many of us in life get caught in our masks and our games and the things that we develop, um, particularly as children, but throughout our lives... In order to survive, right? We all develop personas. We develop jobs, roles. Yeah, uh, you know, and this is kind of the issue. It's like you know, people develop all these like external abstractions in order to survive or or fit in with what people want, what they think other people want, and all of this. Um, and, it's, and to a certain extent, we need to. We need to develop a mask. We need to develop a functional mask, a functional shell, as Wilhelm Reich would put it. The problem comes when we forget that that's not us. Yeah. Right? Um, and right. I mean, it's it's kind of that simple. And it's like the whole point of whole point of all this stuff is being able to drop into your core. Um, and and there's yeah. so many ways to do it, and and function from your authentic self, but not to, but also to be able to put up the front when you need it right? I'm like, I'm not, you can't be like, a, you know, I'm not one of these people who says like, oh, you should live in this beautiful spiritual state 24-7 and run around like you're on ecstasy all the time. In fact, I tell people in every course, it's like, you know, you need to have a functional, you need you need a functional um, character armor, as, as Reich would put it, to interface with the world, to fulfill your role in society. And you need a mask, you need a, a constructive persona in a sense. But um, you you need to be able to the whole point of therapy and yoga I would say and meditation is is to develop the emotional maturity so that you can put it up or take it down at will right because so so let's put it this way boundaries right let's look at boundaries and a lot of what I'm sharing right now is is comes from Wilhelm Reich and my experience with Reiki and uh, therapy over many years um the like a boundary, right? This is a big sticky point for people. So problem A, you know, somebody has walls and boundaries up so high that they can't emotionally contact life and they're essentially a robotic, right? And this is, so this is the problem we hear posited to us by almost all spiritual literature. You read spiritual literature and, you know, they will posit to you the fundamental question or the fundamental problem, which is some variation of, of, of the following in whatever language. The world is full of people who are asleep. People are like robots. They are, um, perhaps in modern language, traumatized and unable to express. Um, that they're unable to get in touch with the core of what it truly means to be alive. And when people are being nasty about it, they say, "Well, you're all asleep, you're all sheep, all this stuff like that." Okay, great, not helpful. Um, but this is positive. So, so this is posited as the initial, initial question of so many spiritual paths: How can you take? And, and I posit the same question, right? It's like, how can you take somebody who is essentially identified with their smallest self and turn them on and wake them up and get them in touch with their core and the, the vast continuum of spiritual experience that is simply just the human experience when it is um fully lived right yeah. Yeah. with me so far yes yes yeah I mean it's like it's like it's, it's the classic like well like how do we wake up the sheep that type of thing okay so yeah okay well all, all fair and well right and and you can get that from anyone right in whatever language this is nothing new mm-hmm. so this is this is so so spiritual paths and, and and this includes all, all the ones that now and all the ones that you know they, they basically have proposed their method for doing that. Uh, and end there. And it's a, it'll be something like, well, do this form of therapy, do this form of yoga, do this chanting, uh, follow this path, uh, take this drug, uh, follow this guru, w- whatever it is, you know, conscious relationship or like whatever, like over therapy, you know, whatever is recommended as the cure for alienation from self, which is, um, there's no shortage of in the modern world. I mean, it's like, this, this alienation has only accelerated and has only been accelerated for the last few hundred years by the advent of technology, and, and, and not just technology, but the pace at which technology has changed, which consistently upends and removes people from the things that kept them in touch with their core, meaning the following, a sense of stable stability and reality, like that things are even the same from day to day, which we don't have at all anymore. Um, right. that's been accelerating but also very simple things like um living in the same home as your extended family or in the same village as your extended family uh being in touch with natural cycles with nature they're not being electric lights, so you went to sleep and woke up with the sun living around nature and animals just for a starter right those all kept people very solidly in touch with what is real true and good in life and in addition to that we can of course add Um, traditional spiritual paths and religions like Christianity and so on and so forth, all of which are, you know, largely defunct in the modern world. Sure. So so this causes a great deal of alienation and and anxiety in uh, uh, people who are currently alive uh, and has for a couple hundred years. and, And that's nothing new. Writers have been talking about that spiritual or not forever. So... So, you know, so we have our problem and then a solution is proposed. And of course they all say that their solution is the best and it causes a, a it allows a reconnection with core, but then they stop there. Well, it turns out there's a second question, right? Which is, well, how do you live then? Because, right. Be, because what, what, um, they never tell you presumably either because they haven't done the work or they're just so fixated on sales pitching the thing they're selling. Um, There's just a lot of uh, naivete in the spiritual world. Like this idea that we're all gonna wake up and be light people and super happy hippies. And like, you may have been around people like this where they're just like everyone Mm -hmm. that, you know, like they meet people and they're telling them they love them in the first three seconds and hugging them. And there's this big performative aspect where they're wearing all the white, white clothes and robes and all this, and right. and um, that that we don't have that problem in the occult world because we all just wear black and listen to Coil, but you know it's, it's like a different strategy. <laughs> but um, but you know um, th- this is nothing new, and 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 you know there's no game plan after that. Well, here's here's what I offer, and this is what I've had to develop for myself to survive. You know, it's like, for me, the whole work of magic as it's traditionally pitched out it was like my life up till my mid 20s. And then I was like, oh, shit, what now? Like, wow, I'm fucked. What now? Like, I'm living without skin. And guess what? Nobody had any answers for me. <laughs> like, what do you do after you wake up? Oh, right? Because they weren't interested in telling me that. They, they were just interested in, like, getting me into their you know, selling their, their solution, right. To the first problems. like, okay, well, I got that. I'm done. Oh shit. Nobody ever actually does that. Oh no, I actually took it seriously. I actually did it. I did all the shit ad nauseum until I got my, my result until I did wake up. Right. And it's like, well, what do I do now? I'm like basically running around like my soul's on fire for years on end in a constant state of anxiety and breakdown. What the fuck do I do now no one to be seen then? Mm, no. Right now, they're all off comparing their rings and all that, and doing all the stupid games that people play when they're, um, oops, when they're, all the stupid games that people play in the occult or spiritual world, which is what 99% of people do, 99.8% of people do when they are in those worlds for these social trappings and to meet people and to collect the badges but not actually there to take it seriously and do the spiritual work. That's almost everybody. If you actually do the result, you actually, if you actually do the work, you get the result. So then, well, so the answer turns out to be this, right? The answer is that, yes, you need to be able to drop into your core. You need to be able to wake up, but you also need to be able to put back on the mask at will. So here's what I posit as the goal state. The goal state is not some great spiritual state the goal state is to be able to drop into and experience your, your true core, your, your, your core, your real authentic self, as you truly know it, um, at when you wish to, right. When you wish to, Uh, and that means, you know, within your own spiritual practice in the meditation space, um, or if you wish to let your guard down with a romantic partner or family, loved ones, people that you truly trust. Right. But, To be able to put back on the social mask when you want to and when you need to, and also to have a clear criteria and framework for when those things are appropriate, right? right? Because a lot of people end up in this state where it's like, okay, well, I'm all the way switched on. And it's like, well, we know these people, they can't get jobs and their lives become miserable because they can't differentiate the boundary between them and other people. The great spiritual light activation that's supposed to come in 2012 or whenever doesn't happen. The Great Golden Age never happens, the apocalypse never happens, and they're basically just stuck with themselves, the same person that it was before they began all these practices, just with all this extra crap on top of it. Um, so that's not healthy either. So think of it in terms of the shaman's quest, right? If you look at mythology or shamanism, the shaman must venture out into the woods. The shaman must take the shamanic quest into the world of gods, monsters, hallucinations, demons, and all that stuff which you can get into very easily using the techniques in magic.me. But the shaman must also then come back to society, reintegrate and reintegrate that in such a way that they can be of use to their tribe. And um, I have been guilty in, in many times of just attempting to drag the rest of my a tribe with me into the woods. They're not going to go in the woods. That's not their job. That's <laughs> my job. Maybe it's the job of some of the other people on this call, right? So, you know, like I, I'm able to share a lot of what i learned with the people on this call. In whatever way that it is helpful for you, I'm quite grateful. I'm quite glad, right? But it's um, um fuck, I'm rambling. Is that helpful?
1: <laughs> oh yeah, that was very very helpful. Yeah, thank you, thank you so much. That was perfectly what I, even better than what I would hope for. Yeah, thank you. Oh,
0: you're welcome, and, and 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 you're on the right track, right? I mean, it's like when, when you're when you're experiencing things like because everyone thinks the true will is like, oh, I'm supposed to be the president of Spain. It's like, well, no. It's more like you know what you've expressed. I think it's much more. more, It's just like you know. It's like well, what is your as the Buddha said? Like, what is your Buddha nature? I think that human beings Mm. in the core just they just they just want to participate in love, right, in a non transactional way. And people really get into trouble when they when they and it's so easy to slip into right. So we all must be vigilant. People get get very much into trouble when they get transactional about love. Like, I will love you if you do this, or I love you so that you do this. And if you don't love me in this way, I'm not going to do this or love you in that way. Uh, that that's what kills relationships, and it's what kills it, it's what makes people's lives very unhappy. So sure. uh, yeah, so so I think that, that that's it. But that it, but all of that comes from self protection. So here's the thing: it's like if you're at your core, as you expressed, you simply wish to be uh, uh, loved and loving. Let's put it that way. Okay, let's not overcomplicate it. It's not overcomplicated. It's not a Beatles song. It's just pe- how people are, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If at your core that's what you are, which I, can, I believe to be true um, ab- about you, about me, about basically everyone, maybe not Henry Kissinger, I don't know, it, probably him too. Right? <laughs> um, I'm just pissed that he's advising Biden. I'm like, Jesus Christ. So, um, well, why are we not in that state all the time? Uh, the reason is because it's not safe to be in that state all the time. okay? Let's not kid ourselves. There, there's so many these narratives from the therapeutic world or the spiritual or the new age world that are like, well, like basically essentially tell people that if they have hangups and they're alienated from that core nature, it's it's a problem. Well, not necessarily. I mean, it's like, you know, it's like well, right, he talks about character armor. I mean, certainly in the 70s and the 80s, you know, they, they there was like this like essentially like blitzkrieg approach where it's like, well, let's just dose you on as much acid or MDMA as possible, get you in touch with it, and then uh I guess you figure out the rest from there. Right? This is totally totally irresponsible. But um, but let's be honest, it's like it's like the idea, it's not a problem. We develop defensive strategies because we need them to be safe we built all that stuff for a reason none of it is like a mistake or a spiritual error the world is not safe all the time particularly now it's very unsafe particularly when we're children we may be around people who are predatory as adults we we are definitely around people who are predatory uh, in what even in minor ways Um, the whole adult world is one of, of lies and deception uh, right and uh, yeah, at every yeah. level, because that's what people are. And, I mean, you can you can be bummed about it or just kind of you know find it humorous. But as yeah. you know, if you read any great literature, it's basically Shakespeare or anything else. They're basically just poking fun at that and kind of reveling in the the grand comedy of it. How silly people are! If you kind of step back, but if you take it too seriously, it's it's heartbreaking, right? Very. But yeah, so I recommend laughing at it. But but um, the which is the role of art, which is why art is so important, but it's like, so we develop defensive strategies and defensive strategies and personas and masks as function to, as attempts to develop functional boundaries to protect ourselves and you need self protection. Right. And, uh, I'm not a fucking hippie, right? Like in alchemy of chaos. I'm yeah. straight up. I'm like, I'm like, I'm like fucking like, let's talk about being pro second amendment. Like I'm fucking straight up about it. Right. But, um, you know, like if you want to get fucking crazy wisdom, I will go like to the, you know, I will peel the walls with my, uh, sure. with my, <laughs> my, my but we're not going to do that because we don't need to. My only point is that, um, y- you need a boundary. So I simply posit this. I think that you have correctly articulated for yourself a conception of true will as you continue to inquire, go into that, and think about it. It's it's simply a beginning point, and you will be able to further refine and articulate it, because it's not just about love. It is, the question is, well, how, What is your specific mode of expressing it, right? What, what is because everyone yeah. expresses love differently, right? You can right. express love by um, you can express love for people by hugging them. You can express love for people by telling them I love you. You can express love for people by cooking for them. That's a big one. Uh, baking for them. You can express love for them by buying presents. You can express love for them by, um, uh, being there when they they need someone to talk to. You can express love for somebody by becoming a trial lawyer, lawyer who prosecutes uh, abusive corporations. You can express love for people (laughs) by creating a crazy app where you can learn spiritual techniques, right? There's all kinds of ways to do it. Uh, and everyone has a different skill set. right? So, um, yeah. But I just simply posit this as a caveat. It's like, you know, the goal state is not to just, there is no goal state in a sense. The goal state is not to like drop into some core. Um, it's, the goal state is not simply to fully identify with the core self. It's to be able to identify with the core self, but put up the boundary when you need it on command, but not to be in a situation where you are stuck, or you feel that you are totally identified with the boundary, which is most people or, uh, alternately, being in a stuck state where you feel like you can't put the boundary up, which is a lot of what we would call new age or acid casualties, they can't put the boundary up, you know, and they have all these language and games around why they shouldn't, which is, you know, comes down to a, 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 a avoidance of conflict for various reasons. You know, and that's not healthy either. So, and that's Kabura and the Kabbalah or the uh, Manapura Chakra in, in, uh, the yog, yogic system. Anyways, I'll shut up because we got to talk to other people, but hopefully that's oh, Yes.
1: <laughs> thank you very much for all, everything you said. It was very helpful. And, and I, I'm a very big fan of the Adapt Initiative course. It's amazing what you put together. Very, very big fan of it. Thank you so much. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Um, I want to make
0: one thing clear on that um, to everyone. And thank you very much. And congratulations on the work you've done. Um, I want to make one thing clear for everyone, which I did. I don't think I made, I I was, I I didn't articulate it very well when I put it out. Uh, And I'm going to make this more clear on the site going forward. The alchemy of chaos is the next course after ADAPT initiative. Um, In the marketing, I was basically saying like, in the market, let me put it this way. In the marketing, when I was selling the course, I was saying, this is a specialized course just for dealing with the COVID crisis. But that was when I was marketing it prior to when the course was actually constructed. The way that the course actually came out once we put whatever, you know, f- practically three months of work into recording, writing it and putting it out, the way that it came out was it's the next course in the sequence. And so it's this okay. simple. The ADAPT uh, initiative establishes you in the four elements. The Alchemy of Chaos um, establishes you in these seven chakras right, and boots up your chakras in such a way that it does at every level exactly what we're talking about it boots up your chakras in a way that attenuates you to being um uh as i put it you know in in an adamantine indestructible form capable of surviving the 2020s right so it so you know these are uh, initiatory materials expressed for the 21st century, not the 20th or the 19th. And so the, you, if you go through the adept for the elements first and alchemy for the chakras second, then you're basically booted all the way up. And both of those working in tandem are designed 100% to solidify you within the material world. So that you can do your spiritual work. There will be further courses coming, later, that are concerned with other, quote-unquote, other planes of reality. If anyone has ever studied the OTO, um, the entire point of the OTO, and I'm not claiming this has anything to do with the OTO, I'm not an OTO person, as the OTO is the OTO, I'm just saying that, like, in reference to the whole point of the OTO, like, the OTO, um, the whole entire point of the OTO initiatory structure from degrees one through nine, well, excuse me, from degrees one through perfect initiate is... Um, to attenuate the students' chakras to the current, right? It's to wire down the st- wire, to properly wire the students' chakras so that they are oriented towards individual liberty, freedom, magic, and um, free thinking. And that they can li- and the whole point is to establish them in the real world as a functional individual. So the OTO curriculum is actually separate from the AA curriculum, the AA curriculum, as expressed in the prior the prior century, by prior you know uh, uh, you know a prior uh, uh, you know brother of the order uh, Perdurabo, yeah. So so the whole point of the AA system was to walk people through the the ten Sephiroth and essentially initiate them into higher orders of reality understanding and um, enlightenment. Right? It's the enlightenment engine. But n- almost none of the AA work is related to the tangible world and living a real. It's it's not about living a life as a human being in the world. It's about self-realization. It's about going, yeah. turning in reverse and uh, doing the path of return and seeing one's the, one's own soul. Um, none of which has none of which is um, none of which necessarily has a whole lot of overlap with the. Day to day material conditions of your actual life, it's all about your soul's ability to recognize its own um, nature, right? In it, so so the OTO was the OTO system was reformulated as a Masonic type order, as a, a totally different order, which is it does the opposite side where it re it reconcretizes the individual's ego and persona and personality so that it can be very functional, successful, and free in the world. And that is the point of Alchemy of Chaos. So Alchemy of Chaos essentially does my version of the the same work uh, with the same focus on individual liberty and resistance to tyranny for 2020 and beyond, rather than 1910, which is when the OTO system was reconstructed by Crowley. So it's 110 years later. So, but it is a necessary step, right? So, so long way of saying that, adapt comes first, then alchemy, and um, uh, yeah. And I'm going to be talking more about that actually in the next week or so, and then we will release more courses to come in the sequence later. But I will say um, that we are planning the next one, uh, and uh, I've alluded to that at the end of Adapt. And, uh, it, it may be a little bit it may, we're, we're, I think we're looking at maybe six months, six to 12 months on that, uh, right now, there's just too much going on in the world. And I think that people need to focus on wiring, wiring their shit down in the real world anyways. So thank you for bearing with me on that. Okay. Um, and I'm glad you're enjoying it. Okay. Hope you really enjoyed that podcast. Uh, so don't forget the magic.me 2020 World Summit is this Friday, November the 27th, 11 p.m. PST. You can find details at magicmeet.com, M-A-G-I-C-K-M-E-E-T.com, and the magic.me Black Friday sale is going strong, but not for long. So go to magic.me, dot .me for that one. It is the complete magic.me intensives, and the code is BF2020 to get 30% off. All right, so I will see you hopefully in the 2020 magic.me world summit, and I will definitely see you in class. All right, talk to you soon.